I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about managed service providers, or MSP for short. We're chatting about what a MSP is, why a business would use a MSP, and how to avoid common mistakes when choosing the right MSP for your business. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to choose the best MSP for your business. Today, I'm joined by Dean Irwin, uh, Commercial Director at Expand IT. Dean, welcome. Thank you very much, Yaku, and thank you for that uh, eloquent introduction. And <laughs> I really do hope everyone does have a good understanding and a good idea of an MSP and pitfalls and uh, and and things to look out for. So, But thank you for having me on your show. It's great to be here. So uh, we always start the show by just giving us a little bit of history. What's your background? Uh, have you been in the MSP game for years or did you des- decide to uh, stop at something else and get into the world of IT? So I'm actually fairly, I wouldn't say fairly new to the MSP side. It's been about two and a half years that I've been on the MSP front. Prior to that was the uh, the hardware infrastructure side. So my career started out, I don't want to give my age away, yeah, but mm-hmm. it started out probably about 25 years ago um, where I decided to to study and, and do traditional courses like my A plus and N plus and things like that. And then I uh, decided to go over and do a stint in the UK, um, okay. planned to go over to be a, a techie. And uh, wasn't very successful at finding um, finding an, an opportunity as a as a technician. So I ended up going into sales and and starting straight out in the commercial side. And and I was there for a number of years and um, working with all the different brands, HP, IBM, Dell, and and so forth. And really just around infrastructure. And then I moved uh, back and I moved to Cape Town. And I was in Cape Town for about seven years. Um, I was working for a company called Edge Tech Systems and um, I was uh, looking after the branch down there and then I moved back or moved up to Joburg and I was up here for about 10 years, still looking after infrastructure and um, and then an opportunity presented itself about two and a half years ago to uh, to join the Expand IT team. Um, uh, Brett Scott, who's a good friend of mine, uh, he's the MD and pretty much at the helm of the business and um, and where I look after the commercial side of the business. So um, the MSP side was new to me. Um, it's been an, an incredible learning curve, um, but it's also it's been it's been it's been a great experience. But I think it's also because of the the Game is changing a little bit. A hundred percent. Okay, so let's get straight into it. So yes. I um, f- uh, I refer on the on the show a lot to to this IT guy. <laughs> okay. That uh, <clears throat> that person that we love to love or, or love to hate. Um, but let's go. What what is a managed service provider? So essentially, a managed service provider is a a business that. Um, pretty much empowers a company to be able to do what they need to do. So we look after the technology side of things. So pretty much looking after um, everything for the business. So um, to, to give you an idea, um, looking after the workstation support, the infrastructure support, the infrastructure um, management, um, then moving into the connectivity side of things, making sure that the connectivity is uh, is intact, looking after the security aspect. So it's pretty much encompassing you know all of those services and putting them under one umbrella and, and having one central company to work with that has your best interest at heart and that makes sure that your business is running as efficiently as possible. And then also giving you advice, giving your company 
company advice in terms of what are technological trends that are coming about? What what should they be what should they be looking for going forward? And what technology should they be adopting? So essentially, pretty much taking away that that um, that technological side out of your business, managing it, looking after it, running it as optimally as possible, so that um, so that you can get on doing with what whatever it is that your business needs to do and focus on your business. So in the in the olden days. Uh People used to call it outsource IT. Correct. So I, th- I think one hundred percent correct. I think you know in the old days there, there was a. Um, I, I think the term was was um, was was used around outsourcing. I think you know over time it's 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 shifted, um, and I think essentially because. Historically, when outsourcing was used, it was very much had a, a human element attached to it, where you were outsourcing people. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And okay, so like uh, you, you get a guy for fifteen hours a month, or whatever the story is. Absolutely, and even you know, if you if you look at you know some of the some of the larger you know players, um, where they would. Um, where they would look after an entire um, an entire IT environment, but the the company wouldn't have a single IT resource on site. Um, it would be completely owned by. A good example is Business Connection. They did it very well, and they would outsource resources, and they would have a, a full IT department, which was their um, their help desk. It was um, it was pretty much all the resources from from the IT side of things, and they wouldn't have one single IT resource themselves. So that was more referred to as outsourcing. But I think from a, a managed service provider side of things, a lot of um, what we do is actually done remotely as opposed to having people on site. Okay. Um, there are instances where we do have people on site, and they might be on site permanently Monday to Friday, uh, eight to five, um, but. Ninety-five percent of our business is remote support, and then um, why would a, a business then look? What what would the reasons be to onboard a a MS a managed services provider for your business? So I think essentially it starts out um, <clears throat> if you look at a, a a small business, and I think that's really where MSPs have, have done incredibly well is in the small business space, and and sort of the mid market space um, okay. is because. People struggle to find good skills, and um, and good skills are also expensive, and they come at a at a, at a fairly high cost. So es- essentially, um, you know, having having a single point of contact with all of these resources that are able to fulfil that function in the business um, definitely um, definitely helps. Um, and also, I think you know, from fr- from an MSP point of view, you have the economies of scale. So you have the relationships with um, with Microsoft, as an example. You're a gold partner, which means that you get um, you, you understand the, the 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 plans and 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 the pri- or the pricing side of things incredibly well. You have the skills to be able to implement it and support it, um, and and. MSPs will, will typically have, or I say good MSPs, will typically have a good set of um, of products that they work with as opposed to almost partnering with everybody under the sun and mm. having a very specific um, or having a high level of skill focused around that. So instead of doing um, Microsoft, G Suite, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, you're almost particularly focused on Microsoft and you know that you're really good at that and you've got the economies of scale that play out with that as well. Same on the, on the, the technology stack as an example dell yeah you know, we we would be a, a, a got we're a gold partner 
I don't mean to talk about us, sorry, but um, no, but but, nice, yeah. but but it just means that you know that a lot of your technical resources and your skilling up is focused around that particular brand. So you do it really, really well, and you know that you're getting really competitive pricing. So that's where the the benefit comes for these smaller businesses, as opposed to going out saying, "I'm not sure where we should be going. I'm not sure what we should be buying." Um, we an MSP has all of those skills. Um, and they have really good relationships with certain partners that enable them to get, from a commercial point of view, really good pricing. And then from a technical point of view, they know that they're getting a high level of skill around the, around the equipment or the technology that they're purchasing. And maybe a, a difficult question, if you walk into a, uh, I don't want to call it Greenfields, but into a new potential customer, um, what, do you, what do you typically find there? Do you, do you find there that, uh, I'm going to go back now to this IT guy example. Yeah. So, so how do you, how do you, what's the alternative to a small business if they don't have an MSP yet? So <clears throat> very often in a small business, you'll find that there's the, the, the poor guy in the corner that um, that has <laughs> that has uh, he he may he may have done information systems when he was doing his degree, but he's an accountant and he just happened to do information systems and he's earmarked as the IT guy as well. So he ends up doing a lot of that work um, for the business and making those decisions, even though it's not his core function or it's not his core skill set. But um, but he's almost just been lumped with it, and that is a very you know sort of typical. Um, scenario that we find when we are um, when we engage in, in smaller businesses and um, they don't necessarily have an, an IT department and I think also what happens is they're making the best decisions that they can at the time. So do they, do they understand the the, the holistic problem that they're facing when they by the time you start speaking to them as an example you know um, 90% of the time no Just uh, sort of like one incident after the next. Correct. So I, I think the, the you know almost the best way to to put it is to say that they they act on a reactive basis. So essentially, um, we've got a, a a new starter. We need to get him a laptop. Then we get him a laptop. Then okay, now we need to get a, a, a Microsoft three six five license. Then we put him on a three six five license. Okay, where are we actually going to be backing up to? And and it, it, there's so many different components and and to try and onboard someone. So essentially, it's everything is constantly constantly done on a reactive basis. As opposed to a proactive basis. So um, that's a typical scenario when you walk into a client that doesn't have an MSP, that's still a, a fairly small business. Um, when you go into, into the mid-market space, um, there tends to be a, a dedicated skills. Um, but essentially, I, I find that it's, it's, it's still very much the same. It's very much done on a reactive basis um, as opposed to proactive planning. Um, what should we be taking on? What should we be including in our budget next year? Um, where should our focus be? What what should we be looking out for? Um, it's pretty much done on, let's just put out the fires. It, and, it's, and it's interesting that you say that because, uh, I mean, and and I think it's it's to do with the, the nature of how people grow up in the IT industry, where is is if you grew up as, a, as you said now earlier as a techie, you, you basically get taught to put out fires. You yes. don't get taught to, uh, to prevent fires. Correct. So, so, uh, and, and I see that a lot as well where, where you, um, they just go from fixing one problem to the next to the next. Oh. But there's, it's very hard then for that business to soak around. But what do I need to do in order to, to prevent these issues um, from happening? So, so, when you walk into a customer like that now, 
Uh, what would your approach be? Uh, how would that customers that customer know what services they need they need from you as an MSP? And part of the reason why I'm asking is 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 um, and we'll we'll get to it. But when when I now consider different um, call it MSP offerings, and I think yes. and I think we've got to be honest here as well. I think there's some people that call themselves might call themselves MSP, which is not. Um, so what services would would a customer typically then look at consuming from an MSP perspective? Sure. So I think, um, you know, our approach, and, and I'm sure that you know, some of this might, might overlap with some of the questions that, that you might have going forward, mm. but it, it is all about being proactive. So, and it's about, you know, when you arrive on site, as opposed to being able to just present a proposal, and that's, you know, something that companies should look out for is when someone's already put in a proposal, but they haven't done an assessment of the environment. It's, it's about understanding the environment, sitting down. So when, when we engage with a customer, we, we have an, an engineer come on site and do a full site assessment. And some customers might not want you to be doing a full site assessment, but then that's also then us doing our, our own due diligence and saying, is this a customer that we want? Because we want to be able to support the customer as best that we possibly can. If they don't necessarily want us coming on site to do a full site assessment and to be able to understand the environment, what do they really want? Correct, so, yeah. So, um, so that's that's typically our, our first step is, you know, when we engage with a new customer, let us do a site assessment. Let's understand, you know, what does your technology stack look, look like? And, and that's pretty much from A to Z. So that's looking, starting at, you know, looking at the workstations, is there standardization on the on on the workstations? Because that's a big thing when <laughs> when you're onboarding new clients. You know, you want images, things like that. So, is there some sort of standardization? Is there um, you know some uh, uh, asset asset management tool to know that when these machines are coming out of warranty, are you actually managing those um, those workstations correctly? Then looking at you know just typical things like your your wireless access points, looking at the the connectivity around um, around the office space. Is is it set up optimally for everyone to be able to be getting coverage in all those particular areas? Then looking at you know, the, um, the 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 server side of things and the switching and the networking and making sure that that's optimal as well. Um, looking at the connectivity, is there redundancy? Understanding what security measures are in place because the other thing as well is as a good MSP doesn't want to be putting out fires every day. Yes, we, we yeah, I agree. We we want to make sure that things are running so well that we don't need to come on site, that we don't need to be handling 100 calls a day. So it's in our best interest to make sure that we do a proper, thorough assessment of the environment and that we make sure that when we put down a proposal to make sure that it, this proposal will address your your technological stack, your, your technology environment, to make sure that your business is going to run as optimally as possible and that your users aren't going to need to phone us in every five minutes with queries and issues and things like that. That means it's more profitable for us, and that means it's a, a happier customer because they're not having to deal with issues all the time. So it's all about being as proactive as possible. So it's about doing preventative maintenance so that the machines don't experience issues. Security is a is is huge. Mm. If you look at where the majority of user issues come from, if you look at where the majority of typical issues come from, it's from security. Um, and that's because machines aren't being patched adequately. Machines aren't being patched on time. Users don't necessarily have um, the necessary skills to, or or knowledge. So when, you, when you're talking about patching, that's when you get your that 
read Waniki somewhere next to a thing that says update. Correct. And that shouldn't be a choice. Correct. That, yes. should, that, that shouldn't be a choice for, for, a, for a user. That's, that's a business policy that is in place that should just be there. Yeah. Um, and it should happen in the background and the, the updates, password things. Password should be changed once a month. It shouldn't be an option. It shouldn't be a choice to say, no, I'm not changing it this, this time around. Two-factor authentication, having you know another device like your cell phone to be able to log in. And, and I think when you really understand things properly and you do th- and, and you do things correctly, you'll see that there's a proper plan. And it's you know often um, I've been in meetings and we've, we've had this discussion with um, you know with maybe if it's the CEO or, or the MD of the business and um, I say, but now what, what happens if we're not calling you? Um, often, you know, in a year's time and, you know, we don't really see you. I said, well, then we're doing our job well. Yes. Then we're doing our job well. So uh, their view is maybe then they can cut us loose because then they can save money, but then all those problems come back. Um, so it's, it's, it's really about doing things as proactively as possible, avoiding, um, avoiding the issues that, that come with not looking after the environment correctly. Um, and so, and um, you, you reflecting now one of my favorite um, uh, sort of sayings or, or positions. Uh, I always uh, say that the the prince that doesn't undertake the peril of understanding undertakes the peril of trust. Yes. So in a business, if you're the MD and and IT is not your core business, then you either have to sort of dilute your attention and pay attention to what's happening in your organisation, or you've got to find somebody that you can trust to to give you the, you know, to be proactive and and make sure that mm. problems doesn't happen, but. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I've I've had this discussion many, many, many times, and I've I've said to to some of the call it I wouldn't call it MSP, but MSP type or outsource outsource type IT guys. I said, what will it take uh, for me to pay you so I don't have problems? Yes. And, and like you say, that concept is just so foreign because I go, yeah, but if if uh, you don't see me, then you think you you don't need me. But Correct. I don't want to need you. I just I just want stuff just to work yes almost like insurance a proactive insurance policy rather than anything else um what are the the typical mistakes that you see that that businesses make when choosing a a, an it provider or msp provider if i can call it that um yeah i i think a lot of the time you will see um people will gather a whole bunch of quotes and they'll send it through and they'll just say, can you match that or can you better the price? And you essentially take the pricing um, model. Mm. Um, and they don't necessarily um, allow for that on-site assessment, which I believe is absolutely vital. You know, it's it's really- Why do you think that is? It's funny. I think it's, I think it's uh, more than often what happens is company gets into crisis mode because things haven't necessarily been managed and maintained correctly. So they get into crisis mode and, and they feel that they need to address the problem as quickly as possible. Um, and essentially the same mindset that got them into that problem is the same mindset that they now trying to fix the problem. And, um, so essentially they are, um, speaking to five MSPs, they wanting to get a quote without seeing you. Um, and saying, please just get us a quote as quickly as possible to support our environment. You know, once we've seen the quote, then yeah, then maybe you can come and do a site assessment. But, and and I think that's mm. almost one of the one of the, the the biggest pitfalls or the biggest problems with businesses is that they that they almost don't allow the MSP to do the thorough investigation and the thorough assessment that they need to to be able to propose the right solution to their business. And that should actually be the default expectation. Hundred percent. 
And, um, what, and what else? So um, I think, you know, you, you've got to be able to have that trust. You, you mentioned the word earlier. And, um, and trust, it's very difficult to, to build trust over a phone call. But what you can do is you can do a proper due diligence on that MSP. Um, you know, by doing a due diligence, it's not very difficult. Um, you really start with, with Google, start with LinkedIn, um, you know, and, and really go and do some research about that MSP. Do you, do you think uh, things like um, vendor relationships or um, uh, certifications or, or things like that, uh, is, do you feel that that's an important portion of what it is that you should be looking for? Absolutely. And I think the, the way that you can very, very quickly address that is by looking at the, you know, the, the partner status of that MSP. So um, we spoke about it earlier, looking at, at Dell. Why is that significant? What does that mean? So what it means to, to, to be a Dell Gold partner, as an example, um, you, need to, you need to have a, a revenue commitment. So there's a, there's a revenue um, target that needs to be achieved. What that means is that you're going to put a little bit more of your commercial emphasis towards Dell. What it also means, probably more important than that, is the skills that you need to have. So from a, a commercial point of view, you, your, your commercial team needs to be trained up and you need to have X amount of certifications from a commercial point of view. So you know that – so as a, as a customer – when you are speaking to a gold partner and you're speaking to someone in the commercial team on the sales side of things, you know that they're educated in that specific area. You know that they understand the products. You know that they understand um, what is right for your particular need um, in the business. And um, and then, um, you know, the next step is the technical aspect. So in order to have that gold status, you need to have certain certi- um, certain certifications on a technical level as well. So your engineers need to be trained up and you need to have a certain amount of engineers that need to have certain qualifications. So what for me, that is quite significant because that really shows, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're a gold partner there. That means that you have sales and you have technical skills. There's a standard that, you, that the vendor expects of you to uphold. 100%. And also that with that revenue commit, it actually you are you are now delivering a certain amount of revenue to the vendor, which means that you now are a significant player to that vendor, which means okay. that in, in the event that there are issues or there's something that's required, um, you now know that your MSP carries weight with the vendor to be able to go to Dell and go to the top and say, this is the, the, the issues that we're experiencing. We've had X amount of machines that have arrived dead on arrival. We need to address this. What are we going to do about it? And let's put an action plan in place. Whereas when you are dealing with someone that is, um, you know, basically saying, um, what machines do you want? No problem. We'll take your order and we'll just put it in. And they're dealing with everybody under the sun. They don't have that same commitment. They don't have that same relationship. And, you know, like I said, the commitment's two-way. So um, that, I believe, is is something that's important to to look out for. And that almost, that almost links back to the standardization um, item that you mentioned earlier. 100%. So you might, you might on at a snapshot level, get something cheaper somewhere else. But if you look at it holistically, the fact that you standardized throughout the organization actually gives you that predictiveness and security and uh, certainty that that 
things are going to are going to work. It's not always the the cheapest thing that's the best. Absolutely, and and I think you know that that is absolute key for for an MSP as well. So a, a well run MSP will try and adhere to as much standardization as possible because that's where they get in their economies of scale from. So um, so by standardizing with fewer partners, but being able to address every aspect in the environment is, um, for me, is, is, is absolutely critical because it, it does mean that you're able to have more skills in those particular areas, more of your workforce are actually skilled in that particular area. Um, and that's, um, that standardization is key and, and it's, 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 it's really good business practice um, in in my in my opinion uh, you know just um, the fact that you're not trying to build a relationship with a hundred different vendors but you're rather building a relationship with 10 and you have a good relationship that that works both ways and that you are um, you're actually managing to um, when you bring someone on board and you need to skill them up you're not skilling them up in a hundred different areas you're skilling them up in 10 correct yeah um, so yeah, from a from a business point of view I believe the standardization makes sense um, and it also makes sense you know from a receiving point of view our customers when they're looking at a solution when they're looking at an MSP try and understand do they have standards in place um, otherwise they're more like a reseller. Um, as opposed to an MSP. And there, there's a significant difference between a reseller and an MSP. Yes, because what, what, what you actually do is you almost become that company's IT arm, if you want to, uh, IT department, IT CIO, if you want to call it that. Yes. It's, it's, it's integral to the, to the um, operation of the, of the business. Absolutely. But they don't have to worry about employing a guy who's going to get sick and leave and all of those. Correct. And, and it, it, you know, standards make it a lot easier because, um, you know, we, we've, we've, we've onboarded companies that, you know, may have started with 30, 40 employees in their business and they're now sitting at 500 employees. So we've, you know, we've, we've gone through that growth trajectory with them, but because we were part of, um, part of that business when it was small and we were able to put the right foundation and the right standards in place as they've scaled, it's just made it incredibly easy for them because it, you know there's there's basically three tiers in the business where you have your, your normal operational layer and your your strategic layer and then you maybe have your executive layer and um, and and that determines what people are getting in terms of standards from a from a hardware point of view from licensing point of view what they need to be able to fulfill their job function um, and it just makes it easy when new people come on board those then um, we know exactly does it fit into into the operational you know strategic or, or, or uh, enterprise then we know exactly what we're bringing in um, and I spoke about asset management as well, being able to manage all of those assets. Hmm. So at 40 assets, it's easy. But when you get to 500 assets, it becomes a very difficult, it becomes a different well, game. I think between 40 and 60, it becomes a major difference. Yeah. Just like where, where is it? That's it. And, and I think it, you know, it also helps you manage your business better because at the end of the three-year life cycle or the end of the, the five-year life cycle, depending you know, sort of how you sweat your asset or, um, or how you write that asset off, is um, – you get to the end of the three year. It's not whether you um, whether you like John Smith or not. He's due for an upgrade, and and that, and that's 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 that's, that's the, the way our standards work. And the, the more the, the, when you have those standards in place, 
um, it just you know that it's time that that and that person's always going to be running on 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 the right technology to be able to fulfill so, the job. So, so now that you say that, uh, um, and I think what you were referring to now is that. The, the the traditionally or historically the way that IT used to work is is if you want a new machine or whatever if they don't like you you're just not getting a new machine, <laughs> um, and I um, tell this 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 story often. So if you think about it, um, and and you know you know when we uh, in in our business we've tried different ways of explaining value to to a customer uh, because you know there's certain things in the industry that that um, becomes important to uh, to a customer, but it's not necessarily looking at that whole picture like you spoke about standardization. So um, one of them was if you pay somebody 10,000 rand a month as a salary, they they are costing you 125 a minute. Mm. Now, um, I've had it uh, previously in in my business um, where the person, I walk in and then the person's PC is dead something like that, speak to the IT guy. The IT guy goes, you know, they're just moaning. They just want another machine. And I go like, uh, listen, in the time where we, we now trying to put two other laptops together and this yes. and that, that person is sitting there and it's just costing me money. So yeah. it doesn't cost you money, it costs the business money. Absolutely. So it's very, it's a, it, and that's why I was laughing now when you said that it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. And, and the point of it is, um, it's so strategic is because your job then actually as uh, or one of the key functions that, as that MSP is to make sure that the the the, the people in the seats are, are as productive as possible. Correct. You know, you, you talk about that, and I think it's that old adage of you pay with time. So, yes. So you know, when 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 you're spending the money somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, essentially, if if you're not if you're not paying for it over there, you're paying for it for it over there. So. Um, you know, whether it is in, you know, in the data center and, and servers are, are, are unreliable and they're going down, that means, you know, your whole organization can't operate in that particular, on that particular application or whatever may reside um, on that particular infrastructure that's down at the time. And then down to the user level, the user, if they're not, if they're not able to operate, you're paying with time. How much is that person's salary? And, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily, they, they don't. They don't see see it that way. Uh, you you've just mentioned that you do, which is great. But it, very few people actually see it that way. That when so and so is down, people will rather spend um, two or three days trying to get a better price on a on a notebook for that user and trying to wait for more quotes to come in to save five hundred rand. And the person hasn't worked for three days. What is that person's salary then yeah. per day, and how much has that cost them? Um. Dean, and I want to ask you another question. We we started before the, before the episode. We started talking about it a little bit. In terms of um, how how companies function and the complexity that, that this work from home lockdown phenomena created and all that type of stuff, has has that complexity reduced? Um, what do you see happening in your in your in your customer base? Um, what, I, I assume that was quite busy and difficult times for you guys. Um, very busy times. Um, I wouldn't say very difficult. I think essentially what we saw as a business and where we were very fortunate is that, um, a a lot of our clients 
were looking at moving telephony systems and they were looking at upgrading and they were sitting on proposals and they weren't making decisions because they didn't need to. With um, Obviously, when COVID came along and did that big shift and everybody, everybody working from home, the, the, the old standard telephony systems that were in place weren't adequate for someone to be able to ring from their, from their cell phone, as mm. an example. So we saw a, a huge shift in our customers just all of a sudden moving um, to, um, to Teams, which is our standard that we use. Um, and we shifted all of our clients um, over to Teams so that they could actually work from home. So it was a, it was a, um, it, it was very fortunate um, for us that we were able to that we were able to um, service all of those customers and to be able to move them seamlessly across. Did, did you find that with the workforce dispersing all of a sudden that your ticket count went up? Um, no, not necessarily, not necessarily. Not okay. necessarily. Um, but definitely the the um, the the teams onboarding side and and making decisions around telephony that was almost the uh, the, the biggest side. Um, and then I think, you know, we, we, we were very fortunate to be in a, as a managed service provider because um, pretty much all of your, um, all of your business is SLA based. And, it's, um, and um, I think where our concerns were, were for our clients, if they were going to survive or not. Um, and then, you know, I mean, essentially, if they don't survive, then, you know, you lose them as a customer. Yeah. But um, it's about trying to help them make better decisions, trying to help them, you know, reduce costs during those times um, to try and you know, be as flexible as possible. Um, but, yeah, essentially, to, to answer your question, um, we obviously a massive shift to work from home. And then, um, you know, over, over this past while, we have definitely seen companies starting to bring people back to the office. So um, we made a decision, um, you know, we, we're a fairly, fairly small business, we're about 40, 40 people, um, but we, um, it, it fits with our culture. Um, we have, a, we, we have a, a fun, energetic culture and I think we feed off one another. Um, I think from a from a sales point of view, it's it's about um, being able to feed off your colleagues and ask your colleagues advice. From a technical point of view, which is most vital, is there's such a steep learning curve that that, that takes place, and um, and and it's difficult because when you are purely working from home, you are working in a reactive state as an engineer. So you're waiting for the call, then you address the call. When you are working in the office, you're able to tap your colleague on the shoulder and say, this customer's having this issue. I'm not sure what I should be doing here. Have you had this issue before? Yes, I have. Cool. Let me let me address it. So um, so it's, it's, it's definitely worked well for us, all of us being together. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's um, it's interesting. I think yeah, I was at a um, at a breakfast earlier this morning before coming here, and we were having a discussion around this exact same thing as well. Where um, one of the uh, the the gentlemen that was there was saying that um, he has a problem with his with his with his executive team because they come in as and when they want to, and they come in at certain times that suit them because they're doing whatever. And it's it's almost now like almost set a precedent for the rest of the the um, the team. And I mean, their business is three hundred people, and um, and it's an, an issue that he's now um, that he's now addressed and and, mm-hmm. and working with. So I think it's 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 has certain challenges. I do I I one hundred percent agree that it has its place. And I myself, you know, take a day here and there to work from home and to get through the admin because there's no no disruptions. So. It, it certainly has its place, but generally speaking, 
we are seeing more and more companies and more of our clients um, making that shift from home back to the office. Um, okay, and then I think we've we've spoken ab- about this a little bit. Um, so we, we always I always end the show by making it real. So, and, and my question was, and I'm going to caveat it now and make it uh, put you in, in a hot seat. Okay. So I was I was wanting to say, what would you if we had to make it real? So that Greenfield's business, that guy sitting in the corner is listening to this today, and he's saying, okay, flip, I need to I need to get myself an MSP to get out of this this crisis mode that our business is in. Um, and I wanted to ask you what, what should that business, uh, I almost want to say if we can, you spoke about bullet points earlier. Mm. What should I be, what bullet point should I tick off um, when I look for an MSP? Um, but then I wanted to, um, then, then the div- real difficult question as I want to ask you is, is if that potential, I almost want to say promise to the business is, is, we will we will be as proactive as possible in order to make sure that the business doesn't have problems. Mm. What sort of uh, uh, do you find that businesses ask you and say, okay, what can you guarantee me? Mm. So, in terms, do you mean in terms of uptime or in terms of uptime, in terms of security, in terms of sure ransomware or you know, can you can you guarantee me that my business will work hundred percent or mm. what 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 does what should a business typically? What's a reasonable position to take? Sure. So, so I think you know, taking it a step back, if it's a, you know, the, the, this guy sitting um, in his office and he's now wanting to make an assessment and, and and understand whether an MSP is the right route for him, and if an MSP is the right route for him, how should he then evaluate different MSPs and what should he look out yes. for for with the MSPs? Um, so. I, um, I I think the first question you almost need to ask yourself, which is, uh, you know, which has just come to mind now, but essentially, do you want an MSP? You know, not 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 everyone wants that organised state. Some people actually prefer to 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 be reactive and to operate in a reactive manner. And um, so, I think you you first need to actually ask yourselves: do do we want an MSP? Do we want someone that's going to come in, that's going to show us best practice, that's going to show us how we should be doing things, or are we going to tell them what to do? Because if we're going to tell them what to do, we're going to you know, almost bring in the experts and tell them what to do, then an MSP model isn't necessarily correct for you. Then it's maybe better that you know you you focus on your business, you, you run your business and, and, and how you want to run it, and you rely on a more... Um, of, a, of a reseller that you contact when there's a fire and they come out and they put the fire out and you know so and you pay for it and you yep. pay for it and you pay for it on an ad hoc basis yeah so because I think that's essentially the, the the first thing that you need to understand do we want an MSP understanding what an I MSP like MSP yeah. is going to come in they're going to tell us how to do this thing properly and they're going to we're going to have to adhere to their standards we're going to have to do things the way you know that they show us is best practice to be able to do these things so that that would be the first thing, and if you put your hand up and you say yes, cool. I um I I don't want to have to worry about this. My job function or my responsibilities far outweigh having to look after IT. So therefore, let's let's pass this on to uh, someone that's actually going to 
set us up in the correct way. That's going to make sure that our systems are reliable, to make sure that our systems are secure, and to make sure that our users are happy with no frustration and downtime and all that sort of thing. So if those, if you've answered those questions and you've ticked yes, and that's the, the kind of the route that you want to go, then great. Then it's looking at different types of MSPs and trying to evaluate you know, what MSP. And I think what's important is to, to understand almost every business is different and, and different industries operate in different ways. Yeah. Understand whether that business or that MSP is aligned to your industry. So understand, do, you know, if you're in, if, um, if you're in, um, in the financial sector, do they have other financial sector customers? Do they understand the importance of uptime? Do they understand the importance of governance? Do they understand the importance of, um, uh, you know, from, from a data point of view? Um, the, the, do they understand Poppy? Those things are, are, do they understand ransomware and how to avoid it? That's uh, so critical in the financial sector. Mm. Might not be as critical in maybe the manufacturing sector or, or in the mining side of things, but there are obviously some similarities. Yeah, yeah. I get you. So it's really about understanding, does that, does that MSP understand our industry? Then also, as, as your business, I'm sure you are um, ambitious, so you want to grow. So everyone has the idea of wanting to grow their business. You know, if you, I believe my, my thing is if you're not growing, you're moving backwards because the rest of the world's moving forwards. So if you're, not move, if you're not growing, you're moving backwards, you're getting left behind. So ultimately, you want to be moving forward. And um, you have big ambition. So I spoke about one of our clients, 30 or 50 users, that's now 500, we were able to scale with them. So, and I think that's another thing that you've got to understand. So yes, you might be able to adopt an MSP today and, um, but they, they may have limitations and you may say, but they're perfect for us now. But the reality is that you, you don't want to be going through this every 12, 24, 36 months. You want this to be a partnership and a long journey with that customer that, or with that MSP that's going to that's gonna travel that journey with you. So scalability is really, really important. Just knowing that they can, um, that they can scale at the, at the pace that your business can, can scale and that you need them um, to be able to scale. Um, and then another one as well is with everything, you are investing. So you're investing in this partnership. You want to make sure that you're going to get a return on your investment. So you know, understand what is the return on investment mm. that I'm going to get. That return on investment should be really about quality of service. It should be about uptime. It should be about security. I like what you're saying there. So how much are you prepared to invest to get that return? And a lot of, a lot of times businesses make, make a, a decision that they almost know is is not necessarily right for them. It, it might might be price based, and then when it doesn't work out, then you then you blame the other side. But it's your you still made the investment. Absolutely, I love what you're saying there. So yeah, and then I think you know you 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 want to understand you know to what level are they proactive, um, and you know you 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 want them to you want to know that routine checks are being done. You want to know that there are monthly check-ins. We have monthly check-ins with all of our clients and you know sometimes they're 15 minutes, sometimes they're 2 hours. So sometimes it's merely we just touching base, we just running through a couple of reports with them to say these are the users that have been onboarded, these have been offboarded. This is the capacity in the data center. This is what you have. You guys should start make start making some provision. Um, we see that you know with this trajectory you, you, you're going to need 
um, more resources or whatever it may be. And then these are some new technologies that have come out that you guys need to be aware of. You, know, you, you don't, so that's a good MSP will be having that, that monthly check-in um, and then talking about the calls and, and talking about also being able to identify trends in your business. And, and that's also an important one, I think, as well, is being able to identify trends to say that we've identified trends in the sense that a lot of the support calls are related to that. So why, yes. why are they that? Do we need some education in that area? And let's put together an education program or you know, something that we can do, which is done online, and let's educate the users. Um, in that particular area. So again, it goes back back to being a little bit more proactive. Um, so yeah, I think those are those are the key elements, but definitely do you know do do some research as well. go and go and have a look, see who the guys you know who the guys are. I think um, you know, have they won any awards? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an important one. What, what were the awards? Were they service driven? Were they, um, you know, technology driven innovation awards? Um, you know, understanding, um, what their focus is and where they wanting to go as a business and making sure that that's also aligned to where you want to go. You know, some people, there's that old saying, you want to be at the edge, but you don't want to be at the bleeding edge. So, you know, if you've got a, a, an MSP that's just constantly at the bleeding edge, that does come with problems. Yes. You know, if they, they and at just, a cost. And at a cost because they're constantly fiddling. They're constantly trying new technologies. They're constantly bringing new tech on because they get excited when the vendors go and sit in front of them and try this tech, try that tech. And that does come with teething problems. So it's also like you've got to ask yourself, where, where do you want to be? Do you, do you just want stability or you know, do you want to push boundaries? Uh, but understanding when you push those boundaries yeah, it comes with certain implications as well. Dean, thank you very much. I, I think that's good advice. Um, I feel like... I've, we need to talk about this more, but uh, I think maybe we'll uh, we'll invite you back at some stage and, and unpack some of these things that you that you highlighted today. But I think that's very good advice. Yeah, I'd like that. Thank you. It's uh, it's it's been easy chatting to you. It always has. So, um, but I appreciate the opportunity, and I think yeah, we could spend all day uh, chatting. And I know we do need to we need to call it at some point. But um, but thank you very much for the invitation, Yaku. It, uh, it was great to be part of your show. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And remember that uh, if you are looking for help with communications tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za. Cliffcentral.com